Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who is not sure how he's going to get home tonight, as it is cold, apparently, and that is enough to stop trains working. It's Richard Herring! <laughs> Yo! Welcome. I'm pretty cool. I say yo. Welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. I was playing Hungry Hippos the other day. That's not the cool bit. That's not cool. I was playing it with the bloke and the woman from off of the Mastermind box. Yeah. They're pretty cool, and they call it a holistopa, so I don't know if that's going to catch on. Uh, I'd just like to uh, apologise to... Because I don't know if you can see it. I've got, like, a big spot on my, on my nose. Can you see it? Yeah, it's, I know I Mackenzie couldn't see it backstage either, but it's a bit, my nose is really sore, but I, my, it feels like I'm turning into, like, uh, either an alcoholic or the Santa Claus. 
It's just starting to go. It could be. I think it's just a, an infection. Uh, so, but you know, if it's a proper TV show, they'd cover that up and probably not bring, draw attention to it. So, uh, the, uh, I've got my uh, my game from. Oh, I did a gig. I've been gigging. I do do my tour. It's chain.com slash gigs. Oh, uh, friggin' fifty. Uh, this uh, game features uh, in this. If you, we're going to do a Kickstarter for. Uh, for the uh, for the DVD of uh, Over Again 50, and uh, this is one of the things you can get. We're going to s- slightly customise a few of these. Uh, it's, it features in the show. It's called Penguin Race, uh, and which is a misnomer because uh, this is a single track game. Uh, there's no overtaking involved in this at all. That's what it was. There we go. Wee! Yeah, there we go. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's nice, isn't it? I was I, tonight. I might just the podcast might just be this. <laughs> But my daughter, my daughter has one of these, but she doesn't play with it properly. She stops it after the second time it's gone round and starts playing with the penguins individually. I'm going, play with it properly. I had to buy my own one because she doesn't play with it this properly. But uh, in Cardiff, I did, the, uh, did this routine about th- this, uh, this game, and it goes on quite a long time. But I've, I realised when I got to the, end of the very end of the show is a callback to this game. Uh, and it's quite an unusual line. The final line of the show, spoilers, is, don't worry, it's all a comedy contest. But I hadn't done the bit of the routine <laughs> that that was about. Uh, so everyone in Cardiff just went, one blow went, ha! And everyone else went, what? <laughs> it's been a really good show. So I thought I'd just explain to the people in Cardiff what they missed. Uh, if you are going to come and see the show, don't come and see it. So it's, it's, don't, uh, to, don't, do come and see it. Uh, <laughs> That was, a bad, that was bad marketing right there. Uh, don't just fast forward through this bit, as you do anyway. There's someone who's put the time that the interview starts on underneath. Uh, so uh, I, it's difficult to understand what this game is, right? It's a weird concept, but it explains on the, on the game what it is. It says, it says it here. It says, the small penguin of a group of likability. That's, that's what's going on there. It's the, the small penguin of a group of likability. It barely needed saying it. It's the small penguin... Of a group of like, but there's three penguins in it. They're all quite annoying, and they're all the same size. I don't know what's. And it's like these. It's a Chinese game, right? I think someone's clearly gone. Uh, should we get someone in English to come and help us translate what we're going to write on this packaging? No, nah, mate. English and Chinese are based of the same language. Yes. Let's, let's, let's just take a run at it ourselves. I've got a Chinese English dictionary. What I want to say is the small group of likable penguins. Small penguin of a group of likability. That's what that's. <laughs> arrogant uh, but the guy on the other side uh, slightly preempted this has got it down to three words what this game is it's the comedy contest that's, that's what's going on there the uh, the comedy contest uh, c-o-m-i-t-y the comedy contest that's what's it's the comedy contest that guy he's gone no I don't speak English uh, but I don't need the dictionary I'm going I'm to have a run at this myself I'm pretty sure there's an English phrase the comedy contest I'm pretty sure that's let's just now don't need to check it just put that I've been, I've been laughing at that guy for, for quite a long time. Uh, it's, uh, you know, comedy contest. Is the comedy contest, the community contest, the vomity contest. But you're all laughing at me because comedy, of course, is a word, as you know. Comedy is the uh, uh, judicial decisions made by one court that have uh, an effect on the judicial decisions of another court. So that's the comedy contest. <laughs> it's the comedy contest there. Good. So that, if you were in Cardiff, that's more or less what you missed. <laughs> Uh, come see me elsewhere, I will do that. So look, we're going to crack straight on. My guest this week, he's probably best known as the man from The Man Who Fell In Love With A Traffic Cone. That is why we're here tonight. Will you please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Mackenzie Crook! <laughs> welcome, sit down. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming along. 
Got pe- if you get bored, you can play with the Penguin Race the game later on. Contest, yes. it's, it's nice. Uh, it's the comedy contest, Ruining Go. Um, what was the, the, it was the, one of your first roles, of course. It's hard to live up to the man who fell in love with the traffic cone, because that was the first thing you did. It was, so yeah. High, what happened in the man who fell in love with the traffic cone? I, I, I remember cringing all the way through production. And, <laughs> and, you know, I've cringed every time I thought of it since, really. <laughs> and that's all I really remember. But it was... Yeah, a short film that I was sort of a Mr. Bean character. It doesn't get any funnier than the title. Okay. That was, that, that's, that's as much as you're going to get out of it. But guy who, met, who found a traffic cone and then started a romantic relationship with okay. it. I think there was a scene in a bath. I was scrubbing its back. And, Ooh, is that, is that, yeah. it's, suddenly it's, like, it's piqued my interest. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna, it's on YouTube. <laughs> It sounds Stuart Lee. It sounds like a Stuart Lee sketch. Stuart Lee had a sketch. One of the first sketches he wrote was about a man who falls in love with a chair. Right. But the joke is, he's talking to like a, an empty chair. You assume there's someone on it, and see, then yeah. turns so out. That's a clever twist. Turns a clever out it's a chair. On this one, no, yeah. this was just as it sounded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's good. Uh, so um, uh, that's it. That's all I had for you. So uh, it's, time, it's time to go home now. <laughs> it's, is very good. Uh, so um, I'm quite interested. There's a few, quite a few autobiographical things about you and your life that I'm quite interested in beyond your career. Okay. That you, as a as a young man, you worked on a tobacco farm in Zimbabwe. Uh, I, I didn't work on it. That was my uncle's right. tobacco farm. Yeah. So just through this sort of twin thing of my my dad worked for British Airways and my mum's brother had married a Rhodesian. So all these all my summer holidays, all my school holidays, I went and, and spent on this tobacco farm in Zimbabwe. Right where all my, you know, mates were cycling around cul-de-sacs for the whole summer. So, yeah. <laughs> you broadened your horizons. Yeah. Did it, is that what got you into smoking and tobacco farms? <laughs> it possibly was, yeah. Yeah, I know my, my uncle said... grew for Benson and Hedges. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was very proud. It's, it, your, parent, your, parents caught, it's like your parents caught you smoking and said, what we're going to do is send you to a tobacco farm. <laughs> You have to eat all the tobacco until you... You will learn how it's produced. <laughs> oh, that's, that's interesting. And you, uh, there's some jobs you've had. Before we get... We'll get on to some uh, the, the careers, the career stuff later. Uh, you've been... Worked for Pizza Hut? Yeah, I had a long career. Well, yeah. two-year career. Two years? Hut. Yeah, yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. Was that concurrent with being a, doing early stand-up, or was that... It sort of crossed over, I suppose, yeah. When I, I left school, I, I didn't... I tried to get into art college, couldn't get in, and just found myself a bit adrift, and I, uh, I worked as a, as a waiter for two years. Did you? Yeah. I used to love Pizza Hut. I went again quite recently with my family, because then you have kids and you have to start going back to Pizza Hut. I haven't been now, for years. Because now I eat at Pizza Express. Yeah, well, yeah. So <laughs> and, do I. Um, <laughs> And it's not, it's not very nice, Pizza They You get free salad. At uh, Pizza Hut? Yeah. You still, yeah, yeah. but... Yeah, Would you I eat used, that? I used to prepare that salad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you worked at a chicken factory? No, no. no. See, this... I, that's I've, on I've, IMDb. That's a I've read that a few times. I think that came from... I, I had a string of temping jobs, and because I had literally no skills, I was given catering jobs. Okay. And I, I worked in a hospital kitchen one time, yeah. and I think I related to a story. To some, it was, was it a hospital for chickens? That would be where the most. It was the... like a dungeon. It was horrible. This <laughs> just just gothic uh, hospital kitchen, and and there was these trays of chicken like carcasses all been you know just the, the remaining bits. And this guy was this sort of monster of a guy was scraping these 
uh, tins into a garbage disposal unit, and every now and again he'd spot a juicy morsel. And, <laughs> and this was my my memory of this job, and I think that's where the chicken factory okay. came from. But I wasn't even aware that chickens were manufactured. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was. I was going to sort of. It could have been a rubber chicken factory. Oh, that would have been yeah, that would have been useful as a comedian. All the yeah, rubber, they must be made somewhere. Um, <laughs> so look, I well, there's lots to talk to you about. I've, I've been watching. I caught up quite late with Detectorists, and then watched it all in about three days. Yes, uh, and it's absolutely amazing. Thank you very much. It's really so good and very moving and uh, very funny. Uh, and uh, oh, well, you were saying we were about to talk back backstage, but uh, I said I, I imagined it would have been hard for you to get something like that onto telly, but you told me it was very easy. Yeah, uh, yeah, I said, <laughs> sort, of, sort of almost embarrassingly easy because it, you know it's supposed to be a long, hard struggle to get something made, and and I went in with this, yeah, what on paper doesn't you know read as a particularly great idea. This just a couple of guys whose passion is metal detecting, and and you know I was very specific about it wasn't going to be a gag every few seconds. It yeah. was going to be space for it to breathe. But to his credit, Shane Allen at the BBC totally understood what, where I was coming from and, and nobody meddled. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. No, well, it's good, but that's good to see because it gives, it gives you hope that that can happen. And also that's, you know, if... if, if more executives just trusted their initial decision to go, right. we're going to give this guy a go at doing something. Yeah. I mean, what's lovely about it, I think, is the obvious comedy route to go that many people go for, for nerdy characters is, oh, we're going to make them idiots and we're going to laugh at them. Yes. And there's a, there's a degree where, you know, they're, they're eccentric in their, in their hobbies, as anyone is, but you're very sympathetic to the characters yeah. rather than... Yeah, and it was, you know, it was always... <laughs> It was never meant to be a Mickey take of of hobbyists. It was supposed to be an affectionate look at them because you know I am a hobbyist and I've got loads of hobbies and collections and stuff, and I find that fast stuff fascinating. Them, and I was sure that other people did as well. Yeah, but you didn't do. You, you are doing metal detecting now, but yeah. you but you weren't when you when you no. came up with it. No, I, I saw an episode of Time Team with a couple of these guys on, and they were odd blokes, really strange, <laughs> really yeah strange secretive men and it was a time team special <laughs> and and yeah they they'd got this site this field where they were they were turning up lots of good stuff and yeah. so they they made the film crew wear blindfolds they wouldn't reveal where this and i just sort of thought yeah this is good because <laughs> um, i did a bit of archaeology when i was a student or just before i became a student my year off and uh, and there was the, the, the detectorists were kind of the enemy, really, of the archaeologists in a big way, because they would come and, yeah. you know, there was night, night hawks, night they're called, which I think you might refer to. <laughs> you, uh, which, but I, I like that in the show, there's the, the sort of <laughs> the evil uh, metal detectorists uh, played by Simon Farnaby is fantastic, in, as uh, Simon yeah. and Garfunkel, isn't it? The, the, those two guys, yeah. it's fantastic. But they, and then, well, I don't want to give some spoilers, but they're... Oh, these are all massive they're, fans. They're They've seen it all. They, yeah. Turn, yeah. they turn out... It's, it's lovely that you kind of sort of make friends in the end with them because they're just bigger nerds than you, I suppose, and just uh, an evil in a, in a way that is meaningless. <laughs> yeah. yeah, barely. But, so, yeah, yeah, so I was... But I've, I've always had this desire because I was, when I was a kid, I always loved digging stuff up. Uh, but then... And I've always kind of wanted to have a metal detector when I was a kid and then I kind of thought I could do it now, couldn't I? Yeah, I'm allowed no, now. Absolutely, you've got a garden. Yeah, yeah. start there. Mm-hmm. Going to start there. What tip? I'm mainly just going to talk to you about metal detecting. Sure. Okay. that's all right. Uh, could, I could get a magazine, but it's a lot of hard work. 
what, what, what is the best metal detector to get? Well, it's, uh, it depends how much you want to shell out there, yeah. Richard. Because 20 quid? That's going to be a, a little Power Rangers one. <laughs> the 20 quid. No, for about 100, 150, yeah. up to five grand, you know? How much did your one cost? I've got um, my one. <laughs> my ex, my ex, XP Deus is around yeah. about a thousand pound more. Wow. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you've gone in, it's like you've gone to a restaurant and chosen the third most expensive bottle <laughs> of wine. <laughs> yeah. But you own a wood as well, so you know, you've got that's 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 pretty cool. Do you go metal detecting in the woods? I have been, yeah. yeah I found, yeah. Found, in fact, the first thing, uh, first, I bought my me- first metal detector, Viking VK30. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> took it up the woods, and I, I literally just read through the instruction thing, put the batteries in, turned it on. The first signal I got was a Victorian silver sixpence. Right. It's as if somebody had planted it there to get me into the hobby. <laughs> but honestly, yeah. So, so, yeah, I've detected in my wood. Yeah. That, I mean, it's nice to buy a wood. Yes. What 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 do you what do you do with the the wood? Just yeah, go there and <laughs> you know there are just woods look around. lying around. You can go and look in for free. Yeah, but this is mine. <laughs> this is... Do you have big fences up stopping people coming in, or are people allowed to <laughs> go in? <laughs> yeah, no, no, people are allowed to come in. Yeah, I didn't want to start. Uh, yeah, stopping people coming in, but it's yeah, it's quite an isolated eight acres of woodland in Essex, and it's just. Because I grew up in, well, I grew up in suburbia, but just a short hop to the countryside. But now I live in London, and it was a sort of place to take my kids to hopefully nurture an appreciation of the natural world. Yeah, and a, and a place where presumably you're kind of encouraging nature to yeah, flourish. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just it's a sort of conservation area. Yeah. I like going, I've, there's loads of woods near me now, and I like going and getting wood out of them and then burning it. Did you ah. do that? <laughs> you fell trees I don't that? I you wait till things have fallen well. down because cool. it seems rude to actually yeah. cut <laughs> yeah. it seems rude and a lot of work to cut them down but I have got a little saw that I take with me to cut things up nice. to, into a more manageable amount oh, good good yeah. it's good to get apparently Mick Hucknall has got uh, <laughs> he's got a, a forest no less <laughs> and guess what it's called the forest of Hucknall <laughs> <laughs> yeah. apparently that's true you didn't have you named your have you named yours Crookswood <laughs> yeah <laughs> so look, well, look, you're in this TV show called The Office. Let's mention this. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought I would quite like to see The Office slightly redone. Would you mind getting everyone together and start it again? <laughs> I think you could do it. I think Tim and Dawn are horrible and uh, that Gareth's nice. Ah, interesting. And they're bullies. And I think you wouldn't have to change much to make Gareth the kind of hero of it and them the nasty people in it. That's interesting because they are much, quite not, not quite mean to, to very Gareth. mean to. Yeah, him. yeah. I mean, Tim is very Tim from the office. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen him in Black Panther? I mean, he, that is the most Tim from the office in a. <laughs> that is like someone's seen this and gone. Let's put Tim from the office in Black Panther. When he stick out, no, I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be all right. make him put on an American accent. That's that's the thing. Uh, I think he's a very big bully, Gareth, and Gareth's nice. I don't know if Gareth's nice. He is, he's just trying to do his <clears> job. <throat> if you just have to tweak it very slightly, it's like it's filmed from their point of view, and if it was filmed from his point of view, it would be a different programme. And I say, a better, better uh, but it would have been more successful. <laughs> <laughs> if, 
<laughs> it'd been called Gareth's at the office. Gareth's Gareth in the office. Well, if only you were around at the time to have suggested it then. But, yeah. Would you be prepared to get everyone together to film it? Just I the same think... scripts, but I'll just... I don't know if it's it. up to me to get everyone back together. I don't like, know if, if I put out the call, point. hey guys, I've decided <laughs> that we're doing the office again. <laughs> so I can get you on board, then I can ring the others up. <laughs> okay. All right, okay. I'm on board. I'm on board. Um, and do you have that haircut when you got married? Yes. I, I mean, we just finished. We just finished filming the 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 first series, so yeah. I must have had I don't know, tuzzled or you okay. know something. But it, whatever I product I put on it, it all flopped down and so, said, yeah, I'm very much Gareth in my wedding photos. <laughs> How was your wife about that? Was she okay with it? It was the happiest day of her life. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I saw you being interviewed between the two, so I was talk, we were talking backstage about this. I saw you being interviewed by John Leslie. Yes. I didn't see him on TV so much, did you? <laughs> yes. Happened to him. And Fern Britain, who you don't see so much on TV no, and you no. should, she's great. Uh, and hasn't done anything wrong as far as I know. <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah, you you kind of had you were quite cool and indie, and and Tim from the office was beside you. Was he being Tim from he the office? He was being Tim from the office. That was the problem, really. Yeah. He was trying to be cool. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so, it's, so the, you, if you if you'd finished filming, you could have cut it a bit, couldn't you, to, to be different? So it's like yeah. you wanted to be. I'm, I, you know, now I'm saying it out loud. I'm wondering whether it's even true. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, might, it sounds like just a good story, but no. I mean, it was. Ah, yeah, I don't know. I should have put some tongs in it, perhaps. <laughs> it was quite a haircut. Yeah. And did, was, that your, was that your interpretation? I went, to a, I went to a hairdresser on Darby Street in Soho and, and said to the guy, I, I need a wanker's haircut. <laughs> and, and he was really put out by it. I remember, I thought it would be really funny and quirky and it would make his day, but he was like, I've been to college. You know, I've been to... <laughs> I do good haircuts, not wankers. But, but you know, to his credit, he... He dished me out a good wanker's haircut. <laughs> it's almost like I'm going to show this guy. <laughs> He's going to regret that for the rest of his life. Um, <laughs> so, um, well, what I like, well, let's go back to the detectorist because what I think is the real beauty of it is the depth of all the of all the characters. So, you, given that you've written it and you've directed a lot of it, yeah, no, uh, yeah, it, it's, you've shared it out a very fairly. But, but what I really like is the peripheral characters in it. Uh, like we were saying, Simon and Garfunkel, but even the the smaller characters in the in the club, the, the, you yeah. know, there's these lovely things happening almost in the background sometimes. And then most of those parts were written for friends, people that I'd worked with before. So right. so those sort of characters I could I wrote and came up with thinking about all these people. Who do I want to get involved in this? Pierce is a great actor. So you yeah. know, I could write the character of Russell for Pierce. So, so yeah, thank you. But um, yeah, that's what that was all about. Yeah, well, it's, but it's often not. You know, people don't go and, and weirdly, I think maybe the American Office did that as well. They really kind of went into the those background characters in the Office, which you probably didn't have. There wasn't so much time to concentrate on. Yeah. But but you know, you, if you create those characters, that actually you could pick out any of those characters from the Detectorist and do a whole episode about them at least. You know? Yeah, yeah, which hopefully you, so. You know, yeah. Um, it's, it's, that, it's that attention to detail, I suppose, which is why, I, I guess, why it won awards and stuff. <laughs> that's, my, that's why I'm guessing. <laughs> so when you started out, um, you did stand-up to begin with. 
Yeah, uh, character- coming out of Pizza Hut, and you came yeah. to do characters. You did a teacher character. Yes, it was based on an actual teacher in your school or teacher. F- yeah, a bunch of them. Yeah, my one main one, but his yeah, the, the character I did was called Mister Bagshaw, who which was the name of another teacher that I had, right. which was a really nice guy. And for some reason, I chose this nice guy's name to play this complete arsehole And so I've always wondered why I did that. <laughs> you must be feeling dreadful. Again? No, no. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Mr. Blackshaw. He was a lovely man. But yeah, the, so I did that character. Yeah. yeah. And Charlie Cheese. Charlie Cheese. Which you did. Well, you were saying you, did, you were doing interview, did a big interview yeah. series with, with him when, and wondered if you interviewed me because yes. you had so many people you can't remember who you interviewed, which I have the same problem. <laughs> I think Tim from The Office has been on this, hasn't he? No, I don't. Um, <laughs> well, someone from The Office has been on here. He went, oh, no. no. <laughs> Didn't, didn't go that well. Uh, so, <laughs> um, and so Charlie, it was Charlie Cheese was uh, yeah sort of was, showbiz. It was the, you know the old uh, light entertainment has been character that so many people were doing at that time yeah. and doing better than me. <laughs> Lenny Beige and Bob Down and Count Arthur Strong and for some reason I thought yeah I'll do one of them as well <laughs> but you know I did it for quite a while and it you know I had some sort of take on, on that character um, but yeah it's a little bit cringy again what another thing you weren't um, you didn't because I, I had a memory that you'd done a show with Ricky and you weren't in that show with Ricky and Steve though were you? that was you met, you met them through the audit, when you auditioned right? yeah although I'd, I'd worked with Ricky on the 11 o'clock show or I'd yeah. met him on the 11 o'clock okay. show um, but, but yeah, no, I went and auditioned to, for the office. Yeah, uh, but in Edinburgh, you didn't. You, you, were, you were doing those shows in Edinburgh. I remember yeah. you being up there in the nineties. Yeah, I did sort of four or five years yeah. doing doing my and show. Then became successful. I've done thirty years of it. I'm still waiting. It's brilliant. I love it, and, I, and I've missed it since, sort of since. You come back. There. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> nah, nah. You do Mr. Bagshaw. I'll do the teacher I did in Fist of Fun, and we'll do a sort of double act of teachers. I see. I did this gig. Uh, I, I did Mr. Bagshaw a couple of years ago for. It was a benefit for the Batty Art Centre, and I got out all my old Mr. Bagshaw material. There was about ten minutes of it which was usable. The rest of it, because it was, it was all based around that he was a bit of a paedophile. And it was all <laughs> paedophile innuendo, which back then was hilarious. But, you know, <laughs> but people don't like it anymore. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, it was literally about ten minutes worth of material that I could use. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and, well, look, I mean, what's amazing um, about... You, you, you forget, really. I was talking to you about this with Kathy Burke. Is a very similar person, character to you, I think, in the kind of polymath, but also very likable and down to earth. I think, uh, but also you've just done so many different things. So you've done proper Hollywood blockbuster movies. You've done loads of theatre. I saw you in Jerusalem, which is, must have been an amazing yeah. thing to be in. <clears throat> it was. That was uh, yeah, profound experience. Yeah, um, and so you, you, you're managing to. Transverse, traverse all these different uh, areas of show business. How, how did you find going? So, I mean, you've obviously done quite a few different films. Pirates of the Caribbean, which I've o- only seen the first one of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Which is Leave it there. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I'm just saving them up. 
I don't want to get through them all too quickly. Uh, <laughs> but but ha- that must have been... In- in- I mean, it was an incredibly rapid rise once the, once the office sort of took off. Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah, there was 10 years of the, doing the stand-up and little bits and pieces on TV, but then the office came along and, and opened all the doors. And I think, yeah, I think I did the first Pirates in between the first two series of The Office. So did it you? was... Yeah, uh, yeah, and... And yeah, I can I can trace it all back to there, and I've had all these opportunities to do loads of different stuff. Um, straight after the office, I think there was a whole string of characters that were very similar to Gareth, very yeah. very territorial army sort of guys. But I sort of re- resisted those, and and happily so because yeah, I get a variety of work. Yeah, and did when you suddenly are in Pirates of the Caribbean, and you presumably it's quite a different experience than working for the BBC in the. Certainly when the first office series of The Office must have been quite a low-budget yeah, uh, affair. Is that, did you, how did you cope with that change? Did you feel, did you, feel you fitted in uh, amongst the, all the Hollywood... Yeah, no, it was, it was very strange to go yeah. from... Yeah, I think I've, I've got a feeling the first series of The Office, like we, had, we took the train to work, you know, we made our own way to work. And then, yeah, to be flown out and suddenly I was on pirate boot camp learning how to shoot a cannon and stuff <laughs> yeah it was weird but then you know i was a very small cog in this massive machine and that didn't feel very satisfying doing the office you knew it was a cottage industry you knew you were making something special i don't know it's it's great um, I've, I've had some amazing opportunities yeah but you didn't you didn't do the last or you 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 left the pirates of the caribbean behind was that yeah the, i did the, the first three the, the first yeah. three and then they've done two more since then which okay. yeah and was that a deliberate decision? Did you feel that you wanted to move away from... Yeah, it was. It clashed. It clashed. I, I wouldn't have been able to do this most recent Pirates one. They, they sort of got in touch and asked about my availability, but it would have completely clashed with the second series of Detectorists, which, you know, I write and direct. I, yeah. There's no choice, really. And, and people imagine when you turn down a Pirates Caribbean movie, you're turning down millions and millions. I didn't turn down millions and millions. <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> And are you friends with uh, Johnny Depp? I haven't seen Johnny for years. Um, I'd love to. If, if I saw him, I'm, I, I think we'd get on all right yeah. still, but I don't have his number. I haven't seen him, no. Did you, did you fall out over anything? <laughs> no. Not, uh, no, no. I, you I just moved on. Yeah. You moved on to other... And person. I wish he would. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, so I'll ask you an emergency question. I've got a new one. It's nearly fitted in with something I just thought. I quite often try Here these on the podcast. See, I pause it and see yeah. if I can answer. No, uh, this, I'm going to give you some new ones. Fuck all. Because this, this, this fits in a bit with what you were saying. When was the last time you travelled by coach, like in a bus, like from a coach from a bus station, not like a double decker bus, wow. like a coach to get coach. from one city to the next? I haven't been on a coach for a long time. <laughs> long time. I used to go on gig to, to gigs on coaches. Yeah. It's probably twenty years. I used to Charlie Cheese. I had a wheel of cheese. That was that was yeah hilarious. This, but yeah, just a big prop of a, a wheel that I would spin, and get contestants up a game show, and I used to carry this fucking thing all around the country. It was huge. But yeah, I can remember shoving the wheel of cheese into the underside of a National Express. <laughs> but it's been it was twenty years ago, I yeah. think. Yeah. I was just walked through a bus station in Banbury when I was on tour, and uh, yeah, some fans 
just it brought back so there was so when I was 18 or 19 or 20 I travelled everywhere by coach and the bus stations are just very evocative places uh, I've, I've, they're really horrible but yeah it's depressing isn't it yeah, travelling by scary. coach scary did like, you ever enjoy it like, no I never did enjoy it but like it suddenly all came back the smells like there was always weird people sort of hanging around you felt slightly scared yeah that feeling of not having much money yeah I felt glad that I didn't um, didn't have to travel by coach anymore. No, no offence to anyone who does. Um, it's worth working hard. Is all I'm saying to escape to escape, to escape that. I mean, because you know trains are so much better, right? As we're about to find out tonight, as I walk home to Hertfordshire. Uh, how do you decide when it is time to retire a pair of pants? holes probably yeah but how big do the holes have to oh only a little you know the yeah. where they start fraying the minute it's frayed they're gone not the minute no <laughs> <laughs> a yellowing no. I don't know I, I, so I'm trying to get through my old I've got <laughs> I've got um, you know I've got pants that are like a decade old that I'm really? trying to get through and they don't really they're baggy um, but I and I'm not wearing my newer pants because I don't want to spoil my new pants. Oh. I want to wear out the old pants. They're not wearing out fast enough. You should wear them more. Oh, well, I, more should. I wear them all day and I sleep in them now. I, never, I used to sleep bare, but now I've been married for six years. You get your pants on, haven't you, Dave? You know what it's like. Uh, like you know, difficult, isn't it, to know when to retire them. Do you write a date on them when you got them? <laughs> no, so, you know. but I know I haven't bought like Calvin Klein boxer shorts since at least before I was married. So at least I've got loads of pairs of those, and they're all at least six years old. And I'd say some stretching back fifteen. It's <laughs> great, makes but, me feel you know good. that's the difference. If you want to into Hollywood, you can go. Hey, I've only been wearing these pants six years, and I'm going <laughs> to chuck. They're not even broken. I'm going to chuck them out. That's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's what. That's, that's, the that's my lifestyle. <laughs> Um, uh, I I want to go to the book I'll go to the book have you ever seen a Bigfoot is the question I really wanted to ask you Um, no um, have I ever seen a Bigfoot have you ever seen a ghost I pretended I saw one for quite a few years for quite a few when I was a teenager (laughs) I was staying around it was a sleepover friend's house vicarage sort of prime location for a ghost I think I saw something out the corner of my eye. I looked round, it was nothing. I thought, I, I might just pretend I saw a ghost. <laughs> and I kept it up for quite a few years. It was a bloke with a tray, a butler, an yeah. old butler. What, did you see him or not? No, I didn't. No, okay. I realise now. I told it so many times, I started to convince myself <laughs> okay. that perhaps I had seen some ghostly figure, but I didn't. Well, I imagine if it was a butler with a tray. That's quite a bad way to spend eternity, isn't it? He must be annoyed no. that he, he died when he was carrying that tray. Thinking, Fuck, if only I'd put the tray down. Just before I died, I wouldn't have to carry it around with me all the time. That's the lot of the ghost, I'm yeah. afraid. And well, I, and I was doing a gig in um, uh, St Albans. I've been to all the places, all the big places. And there was a picture of uh, Morecambe and Wise on the wall in the dressing room, in the dressing room that I was in. And it was from 1977, but the dressing room was basically the same dressing room. Uh, and you, it's kind of odd to see those people and know that they were you know every dressing room we go in must have had all these people in them but it's kind of odd to see yeah, and kind yeah. of a lovely little 
you know, and they were 50 years old at that time, as I am as well. Oh, so wow. It's sort of, a, it was a weird thing. But you live in um, a house that Peter Sellers once yes. lived in. Is that, do you, do you have that sort of feeling of I, the baton passing through yeah. comedy time? Oh, I don't know about that, but I do love that, uh, I mean, me and my wife went to see this house and looked around it, decided it was our ideal house that we wanted to live in. And then the bombshell, as we, you know, we didn't realise at the time, and then they said, uh, it used to belong to Peter Sellers, I was... I got to live here. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't believe in ghosts. I haven't felt his presence or anything, but there's a stain on the floor where I know that uh, as some photograph. He- Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Because I spoke to his son, Michael Sellers, oh, yeah. and, uh, and asked if he had any memories of the house. And he said that his dad always had the kitchen uh, converted into a dark room. And there was chemicals everywhere. And there's a particular stain from these dark room chemicals. And there's a beech tree at the end of my garden that he apparently planted in the 50s. And it casts a shadow over all the neighbors' gardens. They all hate it. <laughs> and I, it's like him pissing off the neighbors from beyond the grave. I like, I like that. But I've never seen him. No. I wasn't thinking he would literally be haunting you, but that would be... That would be something. It would be quite... If you, if you were Peter Sellers and you died and you could come back as a ghost, you would, though, wouldn't you? That's a thing, because you could carry yeah, on entertaining people from, as a ghost. You could do really funny things as a ghost. Yeah, but you'd pick other people that you'd come across rather than me in your old house. You'd be Prince... No, I don't know. I going to say Princess Margaret, but she's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Can your ghost haunt another ghost? I mean, that is, it's a philosophical question. Stick it in your book. <laughs> <laughs> You've worked uh, with a lot of people. You've worked with the Muppets. I never met a single Muppet. What? I didn't even see one. I, I turned up and my, my scene was with Toby Jones and no Muppets. There was and a couple one of... didn't, went, The other Muppets didn't even turn up just no, to no. see how the filming went. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, serendipity, that's when I popped the question to Toby Jones about detectorists. <laughs> oh, was and, it? Yeah, yeah. So. If you had to have sex with one of the Muppets, 
Yeah. Which one would you have sex with? There was a member of the band. Yeah. Member of the band with straight blonde hair? Janice. Janice. My choice too. That's... Would you like to... <laughs> that's the... That's who you mentioned. No, no, that was, that's Vanilla, that's a different one. Oh, okay. Do you want to double team Dan, Janice if we get the chance? <laughs> There's a guy down there, isn't there? Well. Okay. I, you've, got to, sure. you've got to suspend your disbelief a bit. <laughs> one of the chickens are quite nice. Yeah. They're <laughs> quite cute. And you were with, uh, you with, worked with Al Pacino? Yes. In Merchant of Venice? Yeah, he shouted at me once. Did he? What did yeah, I? Proper, properly angrily shouted at me. What did you do? I, it was, we were rehearsing. It was in The Merchant of Venice, um, a, a film version of The Merchant of Venice, and we went to New York to rehearse it, and um, I was playing Lancelot Gobbo, who is uh, Shylock's jester. And so he was doing a scene, and I was being a jester in the back of it, and I was fucking about, as jesters famously do. Yeah. <laughs> In character, though, I always think I was tossing my hat up and I was sort of juggling with my hat and catching it or whatever. And he just turned around and saw me doing this. He was doing the speech. And then he t- didn't speak to me, but turned to the other people in the room and said, what is he doing? <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? What the hell? And, and everyone just went... And so I had to sort of step forward and say... <clears throat> I was... I thought my character would be tossing his hat around. And as soon as he realised that I wasn't actually just fucking about, that I was thinking about what I was doing, it was fine. But for a, for a moment there, it was a horrible... Al Pacino's really fucking angry at me. And, yes, yeah. not what you want. I saw him do... I went to see that film at the at BAFTA and there was a question and answer session afterwards. And I really wanted to ask him, who do you think would win in a fight, Shylock or Scarface? <laughs> I was too... It's one of the great oh, regrets of my life. So I... He'd have loved that question. <laughs> or he would have shouted at you. Yeah, <laughs> it was partly because the first guy who asked the question went, uh, obviously, Al Pacino, you are the greatest film actor of your generation. It, it, was, it was what the guy... You're meant to be asking questions, mate, not giving... <laughs> Fucking licking the bloke's ass. Just ask your question and move on. I just thought, yeah, they asked really pretentious questions. And I just thought, but I was with my girlfriend at the time who was a member of BAFTA, and I thought, oh. you know, I'll get her into trouble if I, if I, you know, who brought the guy who asked whether it's Shylock or Scarf? That's not what we ask at BAFTA. <laughs> and I've never, actually, I mean, no, I've never, I, I, I judged one of the BAFTA awards once. You're not, you're not allowed to talk about it. What category? Uh, it was Best uh, Entertainment, and uh, Jonathan Ross won but only because everything was shit. Uh, uh, and you built, you've built a... Bud, you, you're, you're quite handy, aren't you? You're artistic. Yeah. You're quite handy. I, I make stuff. My dad always made stuff, was able to make anything, you know... Uh, yeah. You made a Buddhist pagoda? Just a little miniature thing. Oh, uh, yeah. It's going to be like it. No, no. It's a, it's a, we went on holiday, honeymoon to Thailand, and, you know, outside the restaurants in, in, in Thailand, they have these little miniature... Shrines, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. So I made one for my wife. Not one of those up. Not one of those up. Easy. Pretty good. Because and you, you, but you did lot. You did lots of. You didn't went to art college. No, no. I tried to get into art right. college. I, 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 I draw. I draw pictures. But um, yeah, yeah. I'm so bad at that kind of stuff. 
I kind of have a lot of admiration. I just waste my time, you know, playing uh, video games on my phone, not even good ones. <laughs> and you're out there kind of carving. Not all the time. Getting things from your wood. Yeah. Finding a nice piece of wood from yeah. your wood and Constantly. taking it home, turning it into a... Finding what's within it. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, f- I waste a lot of time. Do you feel like you waste a lot of time? I waste an awful... Yeah, so much time. But you're so prolific. No, I was looking I know, at... I'm what the laziest the, man in the world. I know, you like produce three podcasts a day. I know, but it's just all rubbish, bullshit, and muppet. You've had, <laughs> ever had sex with a muppet? Anyone could do that. It's not to take any skill, does it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can ride a tube, which might prove quite useful this evening. Uh, yeah. You know how to ride a tube. And I saw, I saw you talking about it with, to Jonathan Ross, and you were saying it was easy. Yeah. But I was on a tube, this has never happened to me before, but I was on a tube the other day, I think on the way back from this last week, and the guy overshot a little bit, and then he can't, he can't go backwards, I don't think. No, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we had to go, he just said, oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry if you had to get off oh, of Covent really? Garden. We're going on to the next station. It's funny. So it's, so it's tricky. How do you learn, how do you stop in the right place? Well, I, it was never a problem for me. I, I, I did this for a, for a film part. So I did it, I pulled into East Finchley Station three times and it was fine. But then, yeah, you're, I went on Jonathan Ross' show and I said, yeah, you, you push it forward to go forward, you let go of it to stop. And then there's a button on the... It says windscreen wipers, but I never got to find out what that did. <laughs> and then, like, three years after that interview, I swear I was standing at a tube station, I was, and it was one of those stops where the, the drivers change. And, he'd see, and I got on and sat there, and I was waiting for a bit, and the dri- this driver came up and he went, fucking easy driving a tube, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and then he was gone, and I was just like... <laughs> and for three years he's been holding on to that... <laughs> But he didn't give me a chance to say, yes, mate, it is. <laughs> let me, I mean, let know, me go, I'll show you how easy it is. Yeah, the thing is... He went, you can overshoot. Did you know you can overshoot? And then how you can't you? go back. <laughs> you have to go all the way around. But it's necessarily easy because, you know, they're fully laden, these trains hold a thousand people. So, you know, I wasn't... T- yeah, anyway. <laughs> this guy, it was funny. That was for a film. That was good. I never saw that film. Three and out. Three and out. Yeah. So the premise of that was if you kill three people in a tube train, you get to retire. Yeah, that was the. the Is that ur- true? Though? No. See, that was the urban myth that, that my characters' workmates right. were saying. So two people fell under his train, and then he decided if I get the third one, I get to retire. So he goes and finds out, find, finds someone who who wants to kill themselves. <laughs> and I, I thought that was a great premise. <laughs> It's quite a good sort of single line premise, but oh, I don't know, bad taste maybe. It was, it's, a little, it's a little bit bad taste, but that's that's fine. Not going to have a go at that. That's you know, I've occasionally uh, had bad taste. There is a um, there's a there's a figure of you've got your own figure. Yeah, my my Pirates of the Caribbean action figure. Yeah, yeah. And you collected Star Wars figures when you were a kid. Is that I, true? Or I had them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I had. It. Is it weird seeing yourself as a? a, a it was my greatest day, I think. It was, it, I, yeah, to see myself in a blister pack. Have you not got one at home to you play with? Yeah, there's one. There's, <laughs> there's one in the two. You know, my kids have got. I did find myself in a in a um, entanglement with Barbie one because I've got a small one, right. but then I've got a sort of a six inch one as well. Okay, action figure. We're still yeah. talking about. And, oh, I know. and I found myself in a clinch with Barbie once 
on the side of the bath. Right. And it made me feel really strange <laughs> to see myself there. If I had an action figure of myself, I'd get loads of them and just have them all around the house. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I'd pretend I was like a, a giant who'd gone to like a country where it was all of me. I have seen no. also the sad sight of a rack, whole rack of my action figures in the, in the shop that they can't shift. No, no Captain Jack ones, just Rigetti. <laughs> oh yes, Rigetti. <laughs> I'm sure lots of kids would be delighted to have that, that toy for free. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you another emergency question. I'm, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. That's the problem. Um, so I'm going to go in. I'm going to go in blind. We'll see how it goes. What is the strangest thing you've ever found in your junk email? Um, Do you look in your junk? I, I get so little spam. I get like an email a day and something in my spam folder once every fortnight. Okay. Yeah. So nothing. Nothing. That's right. Ah, shit. <laughs> this one. This one will work. Yeah. This, this, this is going to make. Cumberbatch and Hiddleston. Do you have a favourite plate? Yeah. Yeah. Which what, what is it? What is it of? Well, I've got my cereal bowl from when I was a kid. Bunny, Have you? Bunnykin's bowl, Mr. Piggly's stores. It's a pig in a store serving some bunny rabbits. Behind him on the shelf is a big <laughs> rack of ham. <laughs> and I noticed that when I was five. I was like, Mommy, where does ham come? It comes from pigs, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, I don't use it anymore, but... Um, that's good. That's a favourite plate, isn't it? That's nice, yeah. That's good. But it's a bowl, technically, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow it uh, on this. Uh, that's, the same. That's, that's just the same question about pants, but about mugs, so I'm not going to... I will ask you, how cracked slash broken does a mug have to be before you throw it away? Yeah, you can hear. If you, like... Yeah. And it's got that... that yeah, that goes. Okay. I keep mine for quite a long time. Like the pants. Really? Yeah, they have to be really... But not on the handle, because then it could fall well, off. Well, I find you can still use the ones without the handles for a different... I, you know, I used one for a long time, which didn't have a handle to measure my porridge milk out with. Oh, right. Uh, but I had to stop using it because uh, someone I made porridge for came back and said, there's bits of cup in my... <laughs> Classy. Um, oh, I'm not asking you that. Uh, that's, these, a lot of these are just childish, Mackenzie. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what is the most public place you've ever given or received oral sex? Imagine the one that I turned down. <laughs> I quite like the one. Yes, that wasn't. My, that was a very adult question compared to what you were saying. <laughs> no, no answer no, for that no one. I'm, I'm, no, I'm sorry. No. Okay. <laughs> I'll get you, I'll get you, I'll get you eventually. <laughs> um, I had uh, Johnny Vegas on, on the podcast. He's a lovely man. He is very nice. And you work with him on Sex Lives of the Potato Men. Yes. And again, just recently, actually, just oh, last you? year on a, on a comedy horror. But yeah, Sex Lives of the Potato Men. What happened with that? Because that got, was, I think, possibly unfairly <clears throat> chastised, didn't it? Yeah, it was, it I mean, it was a brilliant the... script. It was a really funny script, and that's why everyone got involved. Mark Gatiss and Lucy Davis, and there were some good people in there. And it was a really funny script. Somewhere between the script and it coming out, it 
became shit. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's not, it's not as shit as I mean, because it, it made the news. I was on the news, <laughs> and I remember, you know, my face on that that picture behind Moira Stewart's head as they as they talked about the disgrace that was this film, um, because it was lottery funded. And, right. But I sort of predicted at the time that it would. Oh, it's the cab driver's favourite. I can't get into a cab in London without them mentioning um, <laughs> Sex Lives of the Potato Men. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's interesting, though, isn't it? I mean, it's just, I, mean it, I think people think, you know, you, you, make, you, you make choices about what you're going to do, and people think, well, you've chosen this thing, and it turned out not to do that well. But when you're choosing, you don't, you know, you get a script and it can change, or the casting changes it, or just something like that. You know, it just, it just felt like everyone decided they want to give it a kicking for, uh, yeah. you know without without really any reason I don't think any, I don't think that many people actually saw it have you it? seen it I haven't seen it yeah I haven't seen it for years <laughs> but uh, well there was it was there was the girl from um, uh, uh, Hunger Games that late that, that actress you know that young actress they, Jennifer they, Lawrence yes she's, she was been she's very popular and then she did this thing at the BAFTAs where uh, she was cheeky to Joanna Lumley and it was right. clearly a joke and then everyone's gone oh when she's, when she's done jokes in the past, it's all been, oh, isn't she charming? Falling over and she's fun. And then now everyone's sort of having a go at her. It's just like they've decided, yeah. we're going to have a go now because we, we built you up and now we're going to knock you down. There's an element of that with... With, with sex lives well, with that, Well, with any, with any of the... I mean, not that it's like... I'm not saying it was a point where it was as popular and sexy as Jennifer Lawrence and someone took a photo of it without his clothes on and put it on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was just a bit shit. Okay. <laughs> well, it's fine. We won't, we won't uh, dwell on it then. I wrote a, a sitcom about, uh, an ex- about uh, archaeologists. It was called Excavating Rita. It's brilliant. Yeah. It was a play as well. Couldn't get it, couldn't get it on. No? No. <sighs> it's all gone a bit Stephen Merchant, isn't it? <laughs> No, you, yeah, I don't think, you're, don't think you're angry with me yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Britannia. Yeah. Now, you've had to shake... Your hair's grown back, so it was somewhat... I hope. It was a, yeah, just a year ago last uh, So this Christmas. is um, Jez Butterworth as well, is it? Yes. You write this? Uh, again, I haven't seen this, but I've seen the, the makeup you had. It was fairly extreme. Yeah. So you had to have your head shaved... I shaved my head just because it would have, it saved an hour every morning. It was a it was a four, three and a half four hour makeup every day to to play that character. Yeah. And how long did you? How how many was it a long job or was it? A... Uh, well, thirty thirty times I did that. Right. Um, yeah. Over the you know stretched over a few months. Yeah. But, but you can see online there's a sort of speeded up version yeah. of you getting all the prosthetics put on and everything. But it was great. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. And so the character is a sort of the oldest man in the universe or something. The like. second man. I right. think he's the second man. Yeah, he's 10,000 years old uh, and he's sort of the head of the druids. And it's all set in um, Roman times. It's supposed to be set around the, <clears throat> around the time of the second Roman invasion okay. in AD 43. And yeah, I mean, it takes the, the truth and chucks it out the window, really. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a drama. It's a fiction. <clears throat> sure. Oh, yeah, well, you know, you're 10,000 years old. 
Yeah, exactly. That probably wasn't Doesn't true. make sense, does it? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. <laughs> but you, was, you had your head shaved and your daughter didn't like it. And you, yeah. Did you not told your mum about it? I hadn't told my mum. I was wearing a beanie. And I just, because it was such a thing to shave my head that I thought I told everyone that I'd ever met. <laughs> and I assumed that I told my mum. But I turned up with a beanie and whipped it off and she yelped and <laughs> just assumed that I was undergoing some invasive therapy. <laughs> and yeah, it was a horrible moment. Yeah. But you've always said you've got good hair. Thank you very much. So yeah. have you have noticed oh, yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's all I got. It's good. But uh, is that was that weird? Have you ever been? Have you ever shaved all your head off? Before? No, but it was, I always thought that I would have to do it at some point. Actors have to do that, yeah. don't they? And so it was this rite of passage. But it's a strange thing. Have you ever had a shaved? Head? Oh, I did when I was at university. I had a skinhead for a play. Did you? Right. Yeah, but I kind of I decided to do it because I wanted to see what it was like. Really, it was a quite a small part. I was playing in yeah. some little play. It dominates your life. It's really it strange. Well, yeah. I Funny mean, enough, I went to um, I had the skinhead, and I went to uh, Pizza in uh, in Oxford. I don't know if you ever went there. And you mm, probably, probably I think job. I went to the Pizza Express. <laughs> yeah, you know. no, I was still going to Pizza Hut at the time, and I was very excited. I went with my flatmate. Uh, it was Friday night, and like we got stood at the door, and they said uh, came out. I said. Uh, we've run out of pizza bases. I remember having to say that. <laughs> I haven't thought of that for a long time. <laughs> Is that what you had to do when you wanted to, didn't want someone to come in? Oh, I see. No, no. Sometimes you sometimes genuinely you did. did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on see. a Friday night, it seemed very unlike to me that they would run mm, out on a Friday night. See. And we went and had curry across the road. And there seemed to be people still going into the pizza hut. So they might, we've run out of pizza bases. Oh, we love the salad. We're, we're, just, we're all coming just for the salad. So that's, that's what happened to me when I was bald. See, my son, the, my son started touching my head. Like, he found it fascinating to just touch my head and it became such a sort of second nature thing for him to just come up and touch my head. He found himself behind this kid in his lunch queue at school <laughs> with a sh- you know, very close shaved head and he went up and he's just about to touch this kid's head and he realised what he was doing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, good, we'll... Uh... I will uh, check that. Is it on, is it on uh, DVD, Britannia? It's, uh, it's on Sky, I think, it's on at now. the moment. Yeah, it's, uh, it's around. Yeah, it's on the internet. <laughs> For free? Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I reckon you can find it. You can find most things uh, on the internet these days. That's, uh, that's what I've Not discovered. a man who fell in love with a traffic cone, though. Can you not? No, I had a look. It's, no. Someone will find it. It's on the dark net. It's <laughs> yes. where it belongs. <laughs> we were talking backstage about that kind of the serendipity of getting that part right in the in the office, and that. And I've I talked to this about a few people having given uh, auditions and done auditions. Um, that just it was you, you. You were down to like two. There was two people. It was down to yeah. And so, if you think if you hadn't got it, if the other guy had got it, do you do you think you would have? carried on do you think it would i mean I it's hard to know all but. the time i because i can sort of trace it all back to that one job really since the office i've not really been out of work for for great periods of time and so yeah i thought about that a lot if it came down to this other guy who i know now i know the other guy that was up for the part of gareth i don't know who knows what would have happened would i have carried on would another lovely lucky break have come along or would i have yeah i don't know it's, it's such, but it's such a bit, and again, because when I did my last TV thing um, 10 years ago, uh, you know, there was the, part, the main actress part and it came down to two people 
and we just we there was three of us making the decision, so we just went with the one that two of us thought it should right. be. But you just sort of think if, and it didn't go on to be a, a, a career-defining role. But just that that kind of the randomness of that decision, where basically any of us would have been happy with either person. I, 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 it's it's hard to imagine because I think the you were saying the character of Gareth was going to be more macho and more of an army guy. That's that's how and I so, understand they wrote it. They imagined him, yeah, as this uh, you know big bravado macho guy. Yeah. So, but making them making that decision could actually been the thing that made the office successful. Right. I mean, because, you know, if, if, if you're in a different character... Sure, the yeah, character, yeah. I, I know, I'm joking aside, I think that character is right at the heart of it. Obviously, is Ricky's the, the, bit, the big kind of comic turn of it, but the, the kind of heart of, the, of that sitcom is in, in that little triumvirate in the middle, and Gareth's a very important part of that, isn't he? Yeah. And so if they'd gone that other way... Do you watch the American office and think, how much have I influenced... The, the Dwight character no, I don't I've seen probably the first two episodes of that yeah. and I haven't seen any more not because I avoided it or I've got a problem with it but I just I, I never uh, I did have a problem with it at, at the beginning right I just couldn't understand how this show that we made that I was so proud of that was so well received couldn't be understood by Americans where we, you know, lapped up all of their comedies. Now, of course, I understand that they just took it and made it something different and, and it well, ran in, and ran. And, in and the end, they did. But, yeah. they, but if you've only watched the first, even if you just watched the first series, I could understand why you would go, why, yeah. why do it? Because they actually then, they take it and turn it into something different. Yeah. But, but what's interesting, again, and it's pretty interesting with Detectress, which you've, you've decided to knock on the head after three series, which yeah. is one more than a lot of people decide to go for in the UK. But in the UK, we've got this idea that you do two series and then stop it. Yeah. But, you know, but that's what's interesting about them. the American, even the American versions of those sitcoms, is that they make them work. And I think the American office probably works for, you know, seven of the however many seasons it, it did. Not really the first one, but then it takes, sort of takes off and then it peters out a bit again at the end. And you watched all I've of I've watched them. it all, yeah. Have you? Yeah. Wow. Um, so which, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but see, I, but I, the, I, as a writer, I think, you know, I, I whilst I completely understand why you've stopped the detectress, uh, and 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 you possibly are correct in 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 doing that for various reasons. I think the characters in it are strong enough to to take on and, and do more and more with them. And what's nice about it is, you know, you could you could do a whole episode of the Tetris was just the two of you talking on a field and not do anything else, and it would that would be still be a fantastic episode. You know, so you can you can do so much with it. That I, do you think there's a lack of ambition amongst English UK produced sitcoms, or do you think that? I mean, I ha- I had to. The decision to do a third series was quite hard because yeah, there's that thing of well, I've done two series, they've gone down all right. I'm gonna. Leave it there and not spoil my chances, but, but I knew there was more that I wanted to do, and um, just the, the nature of Detectress that it's so nothing much happens. They they're looking for stuff. They don't really find stuff very often. I just think that could get boring if it if it if I carried it on and on and on. I think there's a finite amount of, of series that I can do, and that's three I've decided. Um, yeah, just because of the nature of what it's about. Yeah, maybe, but. I mean, this is complimentary because I think it's brilliant. So I, so I, I do sort of agree with you. I mean, I was saying the thing that actually pissed Stephen off, Merchant off a bit, which is why I'm, <laughs> is that I think extras could have gone on for a long time 
being about the extras. Being when yeah. if they yeah. stayed as being extras, and maybe with uh, detectorists, the minute they found a couple of big things, then yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And they found a couple of big things right in in the series. But if they never found anything, and if I thought about that at the beginning, I, I honestly never planned for the second series and then for the third. Yeah. And yeah, so so. Well, I the finished. first series is very much miss out and don't yeah, find anything yeah. without giving too much away no, they everything away. Uh, second series <laughs> find something third series and you know it's, lo- it's lovely because of the symbolism of things buried beneath the earth things above the earth there's, it's very clever and poetic and beautiful uh, and, I, and I think that does make sense to stop it there but I think you know you could I think those characters are, are strong enough you know yeah Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean it's it is a compliment, but it's but it, I, I, I just can't find it slightly fascinating that, and I think it's because in the UK we write things generally, one or two people write them. Yes. So it's very, and I wrote uh, twenty two uh, twenty two episodes that come in a year, and it's quite on, on my in an English way with me and one or two other people, and it's that's very difficult because in America they of give course, writers yeah, yeah. lots of money and have lots of writers and. And everyone works very hard on doing those things, but that's it. Just feels to me like because John Cleese did two series of Faulty Towers, that that's the, that's what's been decided. I'm sure it all stems back to that. Yeah, that's you know, that's the, what you're aiming for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, that's just I would like to. I, I I think the the good UK writers, the good UK sitcom writers, are are you know easily as good as those American ones. And it's a di- it is a different thing. That six episode series is a is a very different beast than those long, long 22 episodes. Do you find that frustrating in the shorter, the shorter series? I, well, I just think... I, just, I, I find it frustrating as a writer, I think, and, and as a viewer a little bit, when you see what can be done. When you see things like, actually, Parks and Recreation, which, again, sort of comes out... is a sort of The Office as well. Right. And certainly it's done by the same people as did The American Office and uses a lot of the same tropes. The first series of that is really bad. And then... But then the rest of them are amazing. So if that show had been made in the UK, it wouldn't have got right, second okay. series. Yeah. Um, they stuck with them partly because of what their track record, but also they kind of you you find your your way through with things. I think a little bit more by by allowing people. I mean, you've done eight, what, eighteen episodes or 20, 19, 20 episodes of Tetris. Nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. 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 So I mean, that's a. That, that's an American series. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> One series. <laughs> and, uh, but then it's, it's, someone's stuck with you to do that. It's like Inside Number Nine, which I know sort of, you're a fan of as well, but they've, the BBC have stuck with that and let them go mm-hmm. on, get on with it, and it was always good from the start, but this last series of, that they did was exceptional. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and, and that's, I just think it takes a little while to usually for people to find their feet yeah. with stuff. And it'd be not, you know, I don't know what you could do about it, because... You, you lose the Britishness of getting ten people into right... If ten people were in the detectress, it wouldn't be as good. But if you work really hard, yeah. you could write another 20. <laughs> I'll help, I'll help you. I've got some, I can, there can be some archaeologists coming. <laughs> um, but it's, if you haven't seen the detectress, which I'm assuming you all have, um, you at home, do, do watch it. The first two series on Netflix... Will the third series be on Netflix as well? Oh, yeah, I'm sure it will be. If it's not <clears> already. And it's on BBC. Well, it might not be on BBC iPlayer now, but it's uh, it's uh, yeah. There's enough to keep you going. I quite that, quite like that Netflix. I've caught up on a few things that I've missed out on on Netflix. Yeah, and gone back to. I watched Plebs. Have you not seen that? No, not seen it's it. All right. I don't watch anything. Don't ask me. Do you not watch things? I don't. Oh no. 
I very know, I've seen uh, I mean Game of Thrones I've not seen an episode <laughs> I, mean, <that's... laughs> I find Game of Thrones I've really I've watched Game of Thrones I've seen every single episode of Game of Thrones yeah and I can't remember half of the characters I can't remember what you did in it no, and I've seen it, it and yeah. I can't remember and you were in like the third series yeah and I was really six episodes yeah six episodes series. but I can't remember any of the names of any of the characters the main characters no don't ask they, they asked me to go on the, the sort of sister show the one that yeah. was broadcast and I said I, I, no <laughs> I'd love to come on but I've, I couldn't tell you anything about Game of Thrones but do you think that makes do you think that's what makes the detectorist so individual and is that you're not influenced by other things or I mean you really maybe I, I mean I'm not proud of the fact that I don't work through this stuff <laughs> well, you should be proud it's I, a waste of yeah, time yeah no it's, <laughs> you're making things out of wood and, and drawing <laughs> raising two children <laughs> well look it's, uh, it's been absolutely <laughs> lovely to talk to you sorry I've been so useless but I will forgive myself uh, and uh, that's what's important and it, I'm a, a huge fan please I hope you'll write something else uh, and uh, yeah, it's an absolute honour to have you on, ladies and gentlemen, Mackenzie Crook. You have been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Mackenzie Crook. Uh, the music is by Pess. Um, what else? The we do it at the Leicester Square Theatre. Thanks to everyone who lets us do that. We do it through Go Fast Strike. Thanks to all the gang who come up. And, film it and to Chris Evans not that one uh, we do it via British Comedy Guide thanks to Ian British Comedy uh, and uh, Orange Mark of course uh, the producer who I'm indebted to is Ben Walker is a Sky Potato Fuzz on GoFastTheStrike.com production come and see me on tour richchain.com slash gig thank you very much goodbye I'm in Canterbury as well and the week after I forgot to say it at the beginning Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. 
gofasterstripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.